Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Woohoo, here we are. Well, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. And uh, when our girls used to live at home, I used to write them a little Valentine's note and give them a little gift. And I found in my drawer the other day a little note that Holly had left me actually saying, Happy Valentine's Day, Mum, I love you. It was so cute. I found it. But um, Pastor Jason and I have celebrated 30 years of married life um, a week and a bit, a bit ago. And um, I just want to pull up that single photo of Pastor Jason. It's up there, so woohoo. So that's my boy. He was 21 in all his glory. And it's quite funny that he's holding a fishing rod because he's not a fisherman. So. He had this slight period of fishing because I used to say I used to go fishing with my brothers and he'd never fished, so I don't know what happened there. He had a bit of a go to impress me, I think. I remember he's actually wearing corduroy pants. They were his favourite. And guys, for all the youth in the building, these 30 years ago, when you were dating, there was no mobile phones, okay? So when your boyfriend or girlfriend rang you, you had a phone that had a cord attached to it. You had to actually dial numbers and you had to have a conversation with your boyfriend in front of your parents who wouldn't leave the room because they wanted to hear what you were saying. So this is dating 30 years ago. You also couldn't get into an argument through a text fest. You actually had to have it face to face. And Pastor Jason actually used to leave me because we couldn't call each other during our work day, basically. You had, I can't imagine not speaking to him now for eight hours. Even when I'm at work, I might send a text. But back then, you couldn't do it. So I'd come out to go home in my car, and there'd be a little love note on my windscreen that he'd left for me. And um, yeah, so that was dating 30 years ago for you. So just bring up um, the other photos. So there's some other photos there of um, coming up of... On that, that one up there where I'm in that floral dress with the crazy hair, I was doing my hairdressing apprenticeship and that was the, the day that we got in, after we got engaged at my parents' house and yeah, there's just a few other little memories there I wanted to share with you. And so obviously like all couples, this, isn't, this is my preface to the message, but I really felt during this week that every part of my message, so bear with me, is actually what God is wanting to say to different people in the church. I feel it's actually a very prophetic message. Whether you think it is or not, I know that it is. And so this part is about marriage (laughs) and about relationships. But, um, you know, like all married couples, we've had our highs and our lows, our ups and our downs, our zigs and our zags. And um, at times, to be completely honest, we've caused each other a lot of pain. Can Can we get real, real quick? We have. It's part of uh, living with someone that you love. You can let them down. You can cause them a lot of pain. But, you know, celebrating 30 years, we really chose to look and reflect on the good times and obstacles overcome together and the great fun times. We've got a box, which I'm really grateful, actually, because I didn't have the idea. It was Jason's idea to to, um, collate love letters and keep things of um, meaning and we pulled out that box and we had a look through it and um, it was a really special time and it was really interesting to me to note that as we began to reflect because you forget about so much in the day-to-day 
about your husband or your wife or your partner, you forget because you're doing the daily do. But when you reflect back for a minute and you go, oh yeah, remember we did that? Oh my gosh, look at what I wrote, that's hilarious. And um, we had a real fresh love. It caused, my point is, it caused a fresh love and appreciation for each other to really rise up. And we were just in this, in this love bubble um, and we wanted to stay in it for more than just that, that anniversary day. And so my encouragement to all of our married couples here is to remember and to reflect on all the good in your partner and to remember um, your love story. Remember how it all began, why you fell in love in the first place. You know, I'm going to read from the Passion Version. It says in Philippians 4.8, So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honourable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. And um, I just... Yeah, I wanted to share that scripture with you. So much emphasis can be placed when you're in a relationship with someone. And this can apply to any relationship in your life. Uh, it doesn't have to just mean marriage, but we can place so much attention on what isn't working, what isn't right, what we need to fix. And, and that's not saying we don't need to address things, but we don't want to live in that place. We're, and whether we're married or not, we're all in a relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. And the Bible actually likens this relationship to a marriage. It, the scriptures actually talk about a marriage union between us and Christ. By faith, our spirit is joined with the Spirit of God and we become one in Him. And the Spirit, the scriptures actually call it a mystery. I love that how that happens but when you become a believer you understand you begin to understand and you start that journey and so um, I'm going to just move forward in my message now and last Sunday we had a great service here if you missed it I'd encourage you to go back and watch it we saw the uh, the gift of prophecy in activation and as different people prophesied over each other um, from Psalm 23 and I loved it I thought it was fantastic and I know that you would have been as inspired by it as I was and what about Peter White Mr. Teacher gets up here tells us about the staff uh, the shepherd's crook that um, through each generation they would write um, the works of God all that God had done for each generation on this shepherd stuff and they'd pass it down that was amazing he's here somewhere oh that was so good there's a teacher in you brother it was so good so today I want to continue on that theme of the prophetic power that is within you as an individual and within me. And I really feel like today's message is entitled, even though, forgive me, I don't have our beautiful table because I'm not on a laptop and it, my words aren't up like this. I couldn't have a flat table or I'd be looking down. But today's message is called Real Table Talk with Treen. Okay. We're going to keep it real. So in keeping with the theme of the table... I want you to picture that you're at my kitchen bench, you're going to pull up a stool and I'm going to make you a cup of tea and we're going to have an honest talk about how life really is. So I always used to say, Jason used to say to me when we'd sometimes visit my parents, he'd say, oh Trina, what? How, how, don't say that, you're trying to tone me down. I'd say, listen, if you can't let it all hang out at home, where can you? Now come on, we've got to be real and honest and we're all family here today. So let's lean in and get honest. And I feel the Holy Spirit leading this message. He wants to remind you of the power of your words, 
the prophetic power of your words. Never underestimate the choice and the terms and the phrases that you use, even in your daily conversations. You know, we are constantly creating with our words. We are creating atmosphere. We are creating reality. We are creating edification, unity and peace, or the opposite. Remember in the beginning, God spoke the world into being. And he has given us, who are created in his likeness, that same prophetic voice. Whenever we say, I hate that, Whenever we say, I've lost that, I can't do it, it's impossible. Or if we have a strong reactionary response in any way to anything, you ha we have to understand that we are actually sowing that out into the atmosphere. This isn't spiritual woo-woo spooky stuff. This is the law of sowing and reaping that also applies to our words and their prophetic power because we have a pro prophetic creator. The real authentic you, the real, the real you, <laughs> is perfectly created in the image of your heavenly father and your creator. And you are not your thoughts, your anxious thoughts, your fearful thoughts, your jealousy, whatever it is. Because everyone has thoughts, they come and they pass through, but they aren't who you are. However, we will become our thoughts and our words if we live in and out of them. Does that make sense? We will become our thoughts if we allow them to take root and we live out of them because we live in a thought created experience. So choose, choose wisely. You know, the way that we think about ourselves and the way that we think about other people. To talk about, think about the table for a minute. When we come to the table and we're sitting with our family, or do we, how do we come to that table thinking about those other members of our family at times? The way we think about others and ourselves, it will affect how we treat them, how we speak to them, how we respect them, and also yourself. If you don't believe me about the power of, of your thinking, placebo effect is a fascinating study. If you've ever read any um, medical journals about the placebo effect, does everyone know what that is? It's like giving someone a sugar pill and they think they're taking um, some other medical pill and they actually improve when they take it because they believe in the power of that pill. I heard a fascinating story of a guy that had a knee. Well, these, the participants volunteered for it. And so one person, two people were going in for a knee operation. Some, one of them actually had the knee operation where they opened the knee up and did the work and sewed them back up. The other person went into the operation, but all the surgeon did was open it up, sew it back up, didn't do any work. But the person, both people saw that they had stitches and they didn't know which one of them had been, had the operation. The person who had nothing done on their knee at all actually had better results than the person that actually had the work done because of how they believed what they were thinking about the operation and the, and the stature of the surgeon that worked on them. And so that's just uh, an earthly, if you want to say, example of the power of our thoughts. You know, no wonder the scriptures tell us in Proverbs 23, 7, that as a man or a woman thinks, so they will be. As a man thinketh within himself, so he becomes. And in 1 Peter 1, 13, it says to gird up the loins of your mind. And that just means don't believe every thought that pops into your head. Just because you think it, it doesn't mean it's true. And don't ruminate over your thoughts. 
Challenge your thoughts and filter them through God's word and his standards. Prophesy of yourself. Think new thoughts. You can, you can think divine answers to earthly thoughts. What do divine thoughts look like? What do you think divine thoughts look like? Scripture, prophetic words God has already personally given you and that we then declare over our lives in faith and over our circumstances in the midst of, in the midst of whatever's going on. It looks like renewing our mind and our spirit with worship, with worship music. You know, in the Bible, um, in the Old Testament, we read where David would get called in to play the harp to soothe Saul when he was going a bit crazy. So it works. Music, there's a power associated with music, and especially when it's worship, when it's directed and we are magnifying the Lord Jesus Christ in our life through our worship. It is powerful and it helps, believe it or not, it renews our mind as we get into his presence. You know, church, we don't have to wait for a word from someone else. I mean, it was so exciting to see uh, when Pastor Jason said, who wants a word or who doesn't want a word? We're all putting our hands up when people were going to be given that opportunity. But you know what? As that's great, but we don't live off those words. It's our responsibility to get our own word from God and our own um, revelation of him and to declare it over our own lives. We don't have to wait for a prophetic word externally or at the prayer line. They're great, but we don't live there. You and I choose, can choose to prophesy over our own lives. In Romans 4.17, I'm going to read this I'm going to read this as well from the Passion Version. And it says, it's talking about Abraham. He is the example and father of the faith. For in God's presence, he believed that God can raise the dead and call into being things that don't even exist. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promises and expected God to fulfill it. And he took God at his word, and as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. I love the first part of that scripture. It says he, we can call things that are not as though they are, and they will come to pass. And therein again lies the power of our word and God's word when they are joined, when they are in unison. <laughs> I think this is good. It's a good reminder for us all. Sometimes, like I said, with marriage, we can know these things, but in the day-to-day -day and the hurry and bar hurry, hustle and bustle of life, we can forget. We can forget the power that we have that God has placed within us. I cannot tell you how many times I've personally walked around my own lounge room and I've declared out loud, crying or just whatever, <laughs> declaring God's word over my own life I, and in my car a car is an awesome place to do that nobody knows if you know you could be talking on the phone to someone if they see your lips moving it's a great place praying prophesying out loud declaring the scriptures over my own life over my our daughters over my workplace I cannot tell you how many times when I've started a new job and I've just been praying the whole way God you promised me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I know I can do this even though everything within me is telling me, you can't do this, you can't do this, you're going you're gonna to stuff it up, you're going to stuff it up. So reminding ourselves of God's promises to you, the ones he's given you and the ones that you are declaring from scripture, which we are available to us all. Pray, I cannot encourage you enough in this, to pray powerful prophetic prayers confidently. 
And what do powerful prayers look like, do you think? What do they sound like? They don't have to be loud. They don't have to be precise or eloquent. They are just real and they are heartfelt. They are real and they are heartfelt. Some of my most powerful prayers have been, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. I need you, God. I know that you're with me, but I don't feel it, but I know it by faith that you're with me, God. They are powerful prayers. I know God, quoting God's scripture back to him. I love doing that in a respectful way, in a respectful way. God, you tell me I can do all things because you're with me. You tell me that I have your strength and your power and your wisdom. You tell me that you are my healer. If you're believing for healing, remind God of his word. He promises that he is your healer. It's powerful. Quote his scripture back to him. He loves it. He loves it when he sees people that are willing to believe it and stand on it and declare it. Doesn't it say in scripture in 2 Chronicles 16:9, it says, The eyes, I love this, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro over the earth on behalf of those whose heart is towards him. Have you forgotten that? Don't forget that. Don't forget that. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be the CEO of a company. You can be a mum at home struggling with your kids. You can be an elderly person or a young person in high school. And I remember those days very well, <laughs> very well. And they weren't always easy. So come on, somebody. I felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to remind you of your prophetic power, church. And God has showed me a picture of a quicksand and uh, actually it was a movie but I felt God speak to me out of it um, same movie that we the other word I got from so there you go that was a good movie to watch got lots of words out of that but he showed me I saw this picture of quicksand and you know the more you struggle when you're in quicksand apparently I hope never to experience it the more you struggle the more you get sucked down I actually thought quicksand was a make-believe thing I didn't actually realize it was true I said, I said, is quicksand, is that for real? I thought it was just in the movies or in the cartoons. The more you struggle, the more you get pulled down. And I don't know about you, but I, I've had a really cray-cray week. I felt like I was losing my mind. Have you ever had a week like that where your thoughts are just coming at you everywhere and you just, uh, I don't often get like that, but I had a week like that. And I felt the attack of the enemy really a lot, a lot. And, uh, you know, in, it's in our thought life, sometimes when we feel like that, overwhelmed, like we're going crazy. We need to stop struggling and wrestling in our own mind. We need to pause, stop, take a moment, create some space, understand these are my thoughts. They will come and they will go. And I love that favourite carol of Pastor Jason's that says prepare him room when I get like that I know I need to I need to pause and I need to prepare him room give some space in there for God to come in with with those divine thoughts don't even try and fill it with divine thoughts just say God I release this to you and I'm giving you room and we have that pause and today I believe that God is is here and he wants to pull some of us out of that quicksand because we need a lifeline because we're struggling so much that we're sinking and we're going God I know all this stuff but it's right now I need your help a great statement of Pastor Jason's at the moment which I really love is ascension is a process of elimination ascension is a process of elimination just pause and take a step back release what you can and surrender to God it's a part of our surrender this is another part of my word today which it mightn't apply to you but whatever doesn't apply don't worry about it Okay, 
that's for somebody else it's not for me but there's other of us here that think to be that to be a christian it's supposed to always be rowing you know the swamp the salmon swimming upstream you know we used to see that a lot that's what we're supposed to go everyone else in the world's going in this direction and we're going this direction and and that is true on some levels but it became a bit of a christian thing that like if you're not paddling against the stream and you're going with the flow and you're in the world and and that's not true it's not true and it's not true spirituality yeah there might be times where we have to paddle a bit harder but i actually believe that god is saying today that we do all we actually all we need to do is drop the oars i had this word for somebody else the other sunday actually just drop the oars stop struggling and allow if you drop the oars the current will turn you around and take you in the right direction being the current being god and his holy spirit don't struggle in your own strength release control that's that surrender and let the current take you where he leads psalm 23 says he leads us beside still waters he doesn't say he takes us down the rapids so strap on your life jacket and hold on for dear life because you might fall off that's not what psalm 23 says It says he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And in the New Testament Jesus said to the storm, "Peace be still," and it was still because he said so. He didn't say to the disciples, "Crikey blokes, let's, you know, strap in." The human part of us is our thinking. Understand that. That's our human side. And it will habitually bring back old memories, old habit patterns, old thoughts. and it'll want us to think oh it's still there oh my gosh here i go because that's just what thoughts do we it wants us to recycle them but we must remember our our mind is just always in survival mode it's just wanting to bring up what it knows what it remembers and i want to encourage you today if this is you because it's me <laughs> so you can be honest if it is if it's not oh you better come pray for me It's not just you experiencing these things. We're all in this together. This is called being a human being on the planet. We're all in this life together. You know, there's even a scripture for that too, and it's in 1 Peter 4:12 to 19. And it says, "Don't think it's strange when fiery trials come upon you." It actually talks about not thinking it's strange when these things happen because it's life. So don't think you're weird. Don't think it's just you because you're not the only one. How appropriate and how encouraging is that scripture? I find that really encouraging that it's not just me that we all experience it and that's why we're better together because we can encourage each other, we can stir each other up in the faith and we can remind ourselves each other of the the truths of God's word. That's why I love getting together with my Christian girlfriends and the guys too. But when girls get together, I've got a, a life group that started on a Tuesday. It's going to be awesome because when we gather together, we can encourage and remind each other of these things, and that's why it's good to be in church. But God bless you for watching online. So guess what? You and I, when we have these overreactions, and I know I've said this before, but it, it is my favourite line of all time from Family Ties. So if anyone knows Family Ties, you know what I'm saying. If you don't know the show, you won't. But we all come from a long line of overreactors. <laughs> Alex Keaton says that in, in Family Ties to his parents whenever he has a meltdown. Meltdown. All you have to do is look in your Bible. There were quite a few people in there that had some mental problems and some issues, some physical limitations. Look at David, Elijah, Gideon, Solomon, Noah. Shall I go on? There's plenty of people in there that we can relate to. Not everyone in the Bible is perfect, but they show 
human beings endeavouring to live a spiritual life. I just want to invite the worship team to come at this time. King David was often overwhelmed and stressed out. If you don't believe me, read the Psalms. He wrote the Psalms. He was often stressed out. He wrote in Psalm 61, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I love that. I love the fact that David, who, by the way, in the Bible it said, was a man after God's own heart. That's a pretty big man. If someone gave me that intro, I'd be thinking, whoa. He was a man after God's own heart, and yet he wrote the Psalms. I love the fact that he shows us we can have a heart for God, but still have this human struggle simultaneously. Go figure, you're not the only one. Be encouraged today. God is with you. Release the importance of your struggle. Release the importance you are placing on your struggle. Sometimes our struggle becomes so magnified, it becomes more magnified than God and the power of God to help you overcome it. There is one we need to magnify, one who is greater than your struggle, one who is greater than my struggle. These are the divine thoughts we need to remind ourselves of, that you are not your thoughts, you have the mind of Christ. And I'm really sensing today that God wants to set some people free from their troubled mind, from your thoughts. If you need healing, God is here today. Yesterday morning, I was out for a walk, not unusual for me, but it was very funny weather. Like for February, it, there was, it was a very cool morning. It was, and there was a mist. If anyone was out early, you can come up. There was a mist and a fog. And I said in my heart to God, because that's what I do when I'm walking, I said, oh, gee, this really feels like Easter weather. You know, it didn't feel like February, hot weather. It was very Eastery like I felt God say to me, Trina, it's always Easter weather in my house. I like this. Resurrection Sunday, you can quote me on this. Resurrection Sunday is always available. It's always available. We don't have to wait for April, whatever date it is. I love that. And I was like, wow, I'm going to put that in my notes, God. Thank you. So get ready, church, for your breakthrough today in Jesus' name. It's Resurrection Sunday in the house. You know, miracles are the currency of heaven. If we don't need him, why would he need to show up? He won't allow us to have a life that has no need of him. Because otherwise, why would we need faith? Not having a need for God, that's called heaven. And we're not there yet. Someone needs to hear this today as well. I'm just, these are um, prophetic utterances, if you want to call it that, that I feel led to speak. That this is not your floor. You know, in a lift, an elevator, you don't get off. When you're in a motel and your room is on the sixth floor, which floor do you get off? You get off at the sixth floor, unless you're me and you make a mistake. Which At the Q1 building, there's lots of different... Um, elevators and the same floors but you've got to go to the right elevator that's very confusing another story anyway when you're on a lift you get off on the floor that you need to get off at and God wants someone here to know it's not your floor yet don't get off don't get off the lift don't get off the elevator you're not on your floor so stay there stay there you're getting antsy but you haven't gotten to your floor yet don't get off the lift your floor is coming there's other people here and you feel disappointed with God. You feel like God has let you down, that he hasn't come through for you. He hasn't answered your prayers. You can be honest in your own heart because God knows. But God wants you to know today and to understand 
that sometimes what seems like a no to you at this moment in time, it can actually mean a yes to someone else. Things are not always what they appear to be. Remember, we only see in part, the scripture says, God has the big picture and we only see this much. And so when we see that much, we can't understand. And it's not always about you. But sometimes there's a greater purpose that you are completely unaware of right now. And there's also a blessing for someone else involved, perhaps, if right now you are not receiving what you want. Now, that might be a hard concept to comprehend, but it's true. Sometimes we are just completely unaware of what God is wanting to do. And there's a reason. You know, this is a silly little example, right? And so it's, it's not applicable for everything. But for example, a farmer is praying for rain and a bride is praying for a sunny day for her wedding. Who is God supposed to answer? Who's going to be cranky at God for not getting their answer? Just saying. Who then should God answer? I don't know. That's up to him. But one thing I do know, whoever this word is for, that God heard you and the answer will come for you too. But maybe it won't look like what you think it's going to look like. And I have a word, uh, I have some prophetic words for some individuals right now. And uh, then I actually want us just to worship just for a little bit because I re really believe that I want the word to settle in some hearts and create a response for you, give you the opportunity. But church, you know, we really need to be praying for our pastor. He's on the front line for attack. Um, we've had our encounter day a few Saturdays ago and it was amazing. We've had water baptisms following that. We, he's launching our building, a vision for our building fund, our own building. And the enemy is not happy about it. He's not, never happy about God's kingdom advancing. He's never happy about people being set free. He's never happy about people being water baptised. And so I want to encourage you to pray for our pastor. Will you please pray for our pastor? Because if you don't pray for him, who's going to pray for him? Who's going to do it? You're the ones in this church. You're the ones in his sphere. And he needs armor bearers. Jason, I have a word for you, Pastor Jason. And this word is from God because it's not, I wasn't thinking about delivering this to you. But God wants you to know that there is a difference. And you know what this means because you know the church culture we've grown up in. There is a difference between selfish ambition and godly ambition and wanting to bear fruit for the kingdom. There's a difference. So do not say, this is a bit of a Megikaka rebuke. <laughs> so do not say, which you said a few Sundays ago, and I feel like God just wants to tweak it. Don't say you're not trying to have a big church. Don't say it. Keep striking the ground with the arrow of faith. That Look up that story. I think it's in Kings. Keep striking the ground with the arrow of faith and vision that God has deposited within you. Example, 30 churches by 2030. Um, that's not a small church. Our own church building. Confidently prophesy the vision and mission that God has put in your heart. In fact, be careless and reckless without abandon. That's what reckless means. In regards to what you see. And in regards to what others may think or say about what you see. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they say. Because you know who called you and led you from the first day that this church was birthed in your heart on those back roads in Melbourne. And you know who is leading you still. Listen to that voice and continue 
to lead and advance forward in Jesus' name. Let's give our pastor a big hand. He does a great job. And Al, God gave me a word for you this morning. My brother, I have a word for you. God wants to invade your heart. He wants you to not just attend church and worship him from afar as though you're here in church, but God is out there somewhere and he's not available to you and he's not close to you. Because he wants you to know that he sees you out. He's always there with you and he's waiting for you to surrender. I want to encourage you, Al, to talk to God when you're at home. Tell him your struggles. He already knows. Tell him your fears. Ask him. Invite him into your daily life. Invite him into your flat where you live. God is for you, Al. He's not against you. He doesn't judge you. And I would encourage you as well to read the Psalms of King David, who wrote those Psalms I was talking about earlier, who went through lots of struggles. He wasn't a perfect man. He was not a perfect man. And yet God saw his heart and God sees your heart, Al. And that's my word of encouragement to you today. Give our brother Al a... And Rebecca had a word for you. And Rebecca, when we met last Tuesday, I, I shared with the group that vision that God gave me of my daughter, Anna, in the middle of, she was a little girl in the middle of a big field when I wanted to change her to a really massive school. And she was going to go on her own without any friends. And I felt like God tell me that that word is actually for you right now. So you feel like God is, it's you and you're in this really big place and it's, it's scary, it's overwhelming. And, um, but God wants you to know that you're not alone. And unlike the, the picture that I had for Anna, my daughter, I actually saw God, you're in there all alone and you look and it's just huge. And God came in and he took you by the hand and he just started to lead you. And he wants you to know, don't be afraid because he's put you in a larger place here. Even by you not being able to go back to Africa, you're here for a reason. God is with you and he's leading you into this new place. And not to be afraid and not to be afraid because it's God. It's God and he's doing a work in you. So bless you, sister. Encourage you to get to know Rebecca. She's awesome. And you know, for those who don't know what it means to have a relationship with God by receiving him as your saviour, today is your day. Let Valentine's Day be a, memorable one, be a memorable one for you. You know, God wants to be more than just your Valentine. He wants to be your Lord and your saviour. And the truth is you need him. I need him. But even better than that, he wants you. He wants to have a relationship with you that strengthens your life. He loves you. He adores you. And I'm here to remind you today that no matter how things may have turned out or gone for you in your life in the past, that today can mark a new day, a fresh start, a new beginning in your history. Resurrection Sunday is today and the journey awaits and all we have to do is take that first step. Take that first step. So I want you to just allow the Spirit of God just to let the words settle that you've heard this morning just as we worship. I love the words of this song. So begin to sing. We're going to pray a prayer and this is for everyone who has never made a decision to place your faith in Jesus Christ. Or maybe you have made that decision, but you got off the lift too soon. You got off the lift. 
I want to issue a homecoming invitation and tell you that the table is already spread. The debt is already paid. And Christ has already died for you. And the only thing that you need to do is just to receive it. Surrender. Acknowledge that you need him. Let go of the oars of your own boat. Whatever that looks like for you, even this morning, if you already know Jesus, even as we pray this prayer, you can be releasing and praying in your own heart what it is that you need to release, what it is that you need to let go of, what it is you need to surrender, and let God know that you need his help in that area. So would you pray with me out loud? Heavenly Father, today is my day of salvation of resurrection I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Saviour of the world I believe Jesus died for my sin and he rose again on the third day to give me life and forgiveness health and wholeness and I choose this new life From this day forward, make me a new creation in Christ. Amen. 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 God bless you, church. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.